some late night anti-woke podcasting, talking about defund the police and related issues coming up on the anti-woke podcast. I'm watching Coleman Hughes talk to Brianna Joy Gray on her podcast last YouTube channel. I think it's called Bad Faith. And uh, you probably don't know. Anyways, a couple of, it's an African-American man and an African-American woman. And Coleman Hughes was the guy that started me down my anti-woke thing. Like, almost all my anti-woke opinions come from black men. And then Brianna Joy Gray, she's a black woman, you know, Harvard Law. And I really, really hate her. Like, one of my favorite YouTube channels was called The Hill. It was like a news channel. And then they brought her on as one of the um, talking heads. And I, I've stopped watching that channel because I just cannot stand the words that come, that come out of her mouth. But anyways, they're talking about defund the police. And Coleman is just bringing up just like amazing fact after amazing fact. I don't know what Brianna is saying anymore because whenever I watch a video with her in it, I just fast forward through her parts. And let me tell you, you got to fast forward a long time. And I'm still looking for like a black woman, an anti-woke black woman that I can listen to. Um, I don't know, Shamika. I love Shamika, but she doesn't talk enough. That's another story. Anyways, I, there is no black woman I can find who's anti-woke to listen to. But I want to find one. I mean, it's a, it is. It's affirmative action. I'm doing affirmative action, or trying to, and I cannot find one. But so, it's very, you know, Coleman. Coleman is breaking this shit down. Anyway, so they're talking about defund the police. She supports it. And Coleman's like, you know, the, the reason why people want to defund the police is because of unequal treatment by race. And I've talked about this before, you know, unarmed people of each race are killed exactly proportional to the amount of violent crime that their race commits. So, in fact, there is no racism at all, at least when it comes to killing of unarmed civilians by police. I mean, Coleman does not break that thing down to her. I mean, that's, that really is it. Just, there you go. There's your 10 seconds done. (laughs) If you got anything to say to that, please come up with it. And you wouldn't have anything to say to it. I mean, it would go in one ear and out the other, obviously. Or else you'd turn a crazy woke tart into a anti-woke person, which is not happening. But anyway, so Coleman is like, yeah, so in a simplistic manner of looking at it, which is that, you know, if you don't look at the fact that, you know, black people commit five times as much murder as white people, etc., and two times as much violent crime in general as white people, You'd be like, oh, the police seem racist because they're they're arresting more black people. I guess that would be the most obvious thing. More black people are being arrested. You know, it might even be twice as many black people are being arrested as white people. And no, you can't know the fact that twice as many black people commit violent crime. That's racist. To know that fact is racist. To be curious about that fact is racist. But anyways, here's the analogy that he brought out that I haven't heard before and I love. Is that... The school system, you know, K through 12, also produces unequal results. And I don't know the stats offhand. I think, you know, people, I think kids who get, I think black kids get suspended at more than double the rate of white kids. You know, it, you know, you get suspended for basically committing the equivalent of a crime that's in school. But in any case, you know, the, you know, the, the amount of graduation, the graduation rate of black, blacks versus whites is not equal. The... You know, the grades that blacks get versus the grades that white get, whites get. The, uh, the amount that they go on to college is not equal. Like, you know, there's absolutely nothing equal 
about the results of the K-12 system when it comes to whites and blacks. Just like there's nothing equal when it comes to the criminal justice system and whites and blacks. You know, and I think Brianna's, you know, she she's a she's a freaking dummy. Anyway, she'd just be like, if there's any inequality anywhere ever, or whatever, unless blacks are better, then she'd be like, oh, that's because of white racism. But anyways, Coleman is a freaking genius. He's like, you know, you want to defund the police. Do you want to defund the K-12 system? Do you just want to say, okay, starting tomorrow, there will be no schools in America, period, because they're producing unequal results. And obviously, <laughs> she doesn't want that. She just, she hates the cops and whatever. You know, she, I don't know, whatever. She loves teachers, I guess. Or at least she just doesn't want to do that. Obviously, it's just ridiculous. The idea of closing down all schools because we're getting unequal results is just ridiculous. But it's not instantly obvious to people that shutting down all the cops is equally ridiculous. Equal and unequal. Equality. Jargon's getting to me a little bit. And so then they're going on, and you know, one of the ideas of defund the police is like, well, we don't really want to defund the police, or... Well, maybe you do. Anyway, we want to take the money from the police and put it into something else. Like maybe people who are trained to deal with mental illness, right? You send a mental illness trained person to some call. Someone calls 911 and is like, my son is, you know, breaking all the windows in the house and he's punching holes through the wall. I need someone here. And it's like, normally you send a cop, but anyways, maybe, you, maybe in replacement you could send a mental illness expert, a social worker, I guess you would call them. And so Coleman is telling a little story. He, I listened to this uh, this podcast a year and a half ago or whatever, where he had a, it's a black guy. He was a super high up cop, I think, in Baltimore. Anyway, some East Coast hardcore city, and he was big into jujitsu. And so, like you know, when he would go deal with criminals or mentally ill people or whatever, he knew how to use his jujitsu to keep them safe and keep himself safe. I mean, you know, the way you keep a crazy person safe is you get them to, into handcuffs without hurting them. And the way you keep yourself safe is you don't let them hurt you. And I remember that interview and he he did implement he, you know, he was in charge of a bunch of cops and he kind of implemented um jujitsu training and then I forget why, but the whole thing got blown up and it didn't work out. Anyways, we do not have a bunch of jujitsu trained cops in Baltimore, unfortunately, although this guy tried. But that guy told a story that Coleman is relaying in this podcast where he gets a call. It's a mom. Her son is going insane. I think I think they're all black. Everyone in the story is black. And he gets there and he talks to the guy and he calms the guy down. And the guy, you know, and it's all it's looking all good. You know, maybe we're gonna take you to the hospital or whatever to get you some help and then the guy has a psychotic break and he thinks that the cop is a dragon and so now he's just you know he's fighting for his life there's a dragon trying to kill him so he's trying to kill the dragon and so coleman is like well you know are you you know is a social worker going to be able to deal with that situation and i accidentally listened to her talk for a little bit and she's like well you know this stuff happens all the time there's people whatever, that deal with crazy people, you know, at the hospital, at the, you know, if we still got, I want to talk about loony bins sometime. Anyways, at the loony bins, if you still got them. Very quickly, Republicans and conservatives, I think are the ones who defunded the loony bins. 
And, you know, I'm not a I'm not a Republican. I'm not a conservative. I'm a socialist. And I wish to God they had never defunded those things. I mean, they're expensive. But anyways, they're kind of worth it. But then Coleman is like, yeah, well, yeah, they do have people trained to do that, you know, at the hospital. And then they've got beds with straps where they strap you down. And they've got, you know, some sort of sedative injections where they inject you with something and you're off to la-la land. And so Bree, she's so stupid. She's like, yeah, see? Look, there there you go. There are people who are trained to do this stuff. And that's why you don't need cops. You don't need someone with a gun. She has a, you know, whatever. She's woke as hell. She's like, you can't have someone with a gun on their hip. No, no, actually, that's right where I'm at watching this video. He's probably going to lay the smack down on her with the same thing I'm about to say. But the answer is, I mean, if you want to send... Like, you know, seven large men all wearing nurses' smocks. And then they bring in a bed that has straps on it. And they got a bunch of injections that'll sedate your ass. Then you could do, you could do that. You don't need a cop with a gun if you send seven large men who grab the, the loony and put them on a bed that they, you know, you know, I guess a gurney. You'd have to put wheels on it. Grab the crazy person, put them on a gurney and strap their ass down. But it's going to be expensive, right? You know, these people are going to probably have to be nurses. Nurses make about as much money as cops. So now you can either have one cop with a gun or you can have seven large strapping male nurses going around with a crazy, I don't know, like a, it's like a, it's not just an ambulance. It'd be like a battle ambulance. You could have these guys going around in a battle ambulance where they just jump on your ass and, you know, you're going to have to have a person for every limb and a couple people for their back. You know, you're going to have to have one man for each arm, one man for each leg, and then two of them who, like, kneel on your back while they hold you down and get you into the bed and strap your ass down. All right, I don't want to talk about loony bins. We need to bring back loony bins. And the reason why we don't is because, you know, Democrats and Republicans, they do what the rich people tell them to do. And so, like in the old days... I think loony bins, the workers at a loony bin, they, did, they, they didn't make a fortune. You know, it was kind of a blue-collar job. You, you went to work, you held someone down, you injected them with whatever. That was fine. But now it's like you need nurses and doctors to do all that. And so what we need to do is we need to change the rules, right? You know, the rules are always getting stricter. You know, in a bureaucracy, rules never get looser. They only get stricter. And so that's what's happened with the medical system until it's just, you know, every doctor has five bureaucrats looking over their shoulder because rules, rules, rules. And, you know, and then when those bureaucrats get those jobs, they donate money to the Democrats and the Republicans so that they will always keep their jobs. Anyways, the answer is we're not going to sol solve this problem, but here's the, there is a solution and it's pretty easy, is that loony bin workers need to make about as much money as prison guards. I think prison guards probably make about $75,000 to $100,000 a year. It ain't nothing. It ain't bad. But, like, people prescribing drugs at a loony bin, which is what you're going to need. You know, you're going to need a pharmacist. You're going to need a nurse practitioner. You're going to need a doctor to oversee it. I mean, those people are making $150,000 to $300,000 a year. And, just, and they're not even going out and wrestling the loony down. And like I've said before, like, the solution to the homeless problem is, you know, you need to hire enough cops, and then you just go burn all the tents. Just every time someone is on a, is living in a tent on a sidewalk, you kick them out of the tent, and you take their tent, and you burn it. 
You might just burn it right there. That'd be kind of fun. I mean, you wouldn't do that, but that would be fun. And I say that partly because screw all these crazy homeless persons making, you know, cities unlivable, but it's actually the tough love that they need. You burn their tent, they're going to be like, you know what, maybe living in a tent and doing heroin is not the best thing to do. Maybe I should try and get an apartment and do my heroin there. Maybe I shouldn't do my drugs on the street. Maybe I should do my drugs where people can't see me. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, the, oh my God, the whole city is safe. There's a bunch of people still on drugs, but they're not doing it in the open, making everyone think that they can do whatever the hell they want because that person's doing whatever the hell they want. All right, and then Coleman's telling a story about how he went to dinner a couple of years ago with a bunch of Ghanaians, that's from Ghana, and then Nigerians. He didn't say, but probably the kids of people from those two countries. So, you know, your dad is a Nigerian doctor, as I like to exaggerate, or the prototypical example for getting into Harvard on affirmative action. But he was with... I don't know if my story's making sense now. I think it was related to the Woman King. I don't know. Anyways, so, you know, the Woman King is that movie where the there's a story about the country of Benin, where the tribe, the Dahomey, in real life were a bunch of slavers, just, you know, like slavers, like when the king died, they'd like kill a thousand slaves in his honor, stuff like that. But the movie is that king, that same king, same name, same guy, same year, whatever. He was against slavery, and they're all against slavery, you know, so whatever. They just, it's fine. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a movie. They, they took some liberties. They took a bunch of people who love slavery, and then they pretended they were a bunch of people who were against slavery. But anyways, he was talking to these African people, basically, or children of African people. And he's like, how did you learn? I guess they must have grown up there. It must have been actually from Africa. So these are people from Africa, not the parents. Anyways, he's like, you know, you know, you're, you were descended from people who were slavers. So how do they teach you that in school? Like basically looking to compare it to America. Right in America, if you're white, you're inherently evil because of seven generations ago, some white people were slave owners. I mean, you know, or you know, you probably you, your 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 parents or your grandparents probably moved to America 50 years after slavery ended. But anyways, you got the same skin color. You're an evil fuck. But he asked these people, you know. Went to school in Ghana and Nigeria. It's like, what were they? What do they teach you about that stuff? And I was like, oh, they just teach you that, yeah, your ancestors had slaves. Your ancestors used to take slaves and rape slaves and kill slaves and just slave, slave, slave. But it's a neutral fact. It doesn't mean anything about you. That wasn't you. You didn't rape a slave. You know, your distant ancestor raped a slave. And so then they're talking. It's like, well, why is it though? You know. Whatever. In Nigeria, you don't give a shit if your answer, you know, you only care about what you did wrong, not what a distant relative did wrong, or even more remote, just someone with the same skin color as you. You know, why do, why do they not care? And it's just a neutral fact. Whereas in America, you know, you're inherently evil if you're white. And more importantly, why do they teach you that you're evil if you're white? And so Coleman, God bless his soul, he just says, I don't know. I don't know why, I don't know why we teach you that you're you know, that you are responsible for the sins of not even your own relatives, of people in the, you know, people from hundreds of years ago with your same skin color. Why are you responsible for what they did in America where other countries don't teach that? And he said, I don't know, but I thought about it, and here's my theory. 
So right now, it's cool to be a victim. Like, you know, there's nothing cooler than being a victim. You know, you're like, I'm black, so everyone's against me. Or, you know, I, I have mental illness, so everyone's against me. That means I'm cool. You know, you can go on TikTok and talk about how you're a wonderful person because you're mentally ill and you're striving against it every day. So, anyways, why do white people, you know, white women, Karens, in charge of, you know, the education of K-12, through you know, charge of all the sociology departments and all the universities, why do they say, you know what, I am responsible, right? That's what you say. If you're a good ally, you say, I am responsible. You don't say, that was not my ancestor who just happened to have the same skin color as me and it ended 200 years ago, sorry, 150 years ago. What you say, you know, the good thing to say is say, I am responsible for that. I am responsible for what not my ancestors with the same color of skin as me 150 years ago did. I am responsible. And the answer is, that makes you a victim too. You are obviously not responsible for people who have nothing to do with you and lived hundreds of, you know, 150 years ago or longer. And the only thing you have in common with them is your skin color. It makes you a victim. You're like... I am responsible is the same thing as saying, I'm a victim. I am falsely accused. So that's my theory why people just like, you know, they like to, like pigs in shit. Some, you know, woke white people like to roll around in their, whatever. How about how they're so evil, except that they're an ally, except that this, except that that. It allows them to be a victim. Like, you know, they, you know, it's like you turn to your buddy, you turn, you turn to your buddy next to you at the meeting and you say, hey falsely accuse me of something and I'll falsely accuse you of something and then we'll both be victims and then you high five and Coleman mentions how uh, Donald Trump Trump played the victim like he was a victim the media lied about him constantly I've talked about that you know Donald Trump is a crazy person also the media constantly lied about him anyways being a victim is a powerful thing you might get Elected president? That's not true. They started. They treated him unfairly after he was president. Anyways, Donald Trump was a victim. He could basically be the richest, most powerful person on the planet, and still be a victim. And it just it works good for you. It's a great. It's a great thing to be a victim. Sometimes I like to. I don't talk about my podcast, but I'm a victim, and I love it. I I, I roll around in it like a pig in shit. Twitter handle at anti woke podcast, and thanks for listening.